Patricia. The good news is finally here. Friends, listen to me. This is serious business. What the world needs today is Jesus. The Bible says in John 3.16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, where we're Lamb, Lion, Ministry. And we thank you for being part of today's program. As we have titled today's program, Egypt's Lament, as we look at Ezekiel chapter 32. This is a program you don't want to miss, so we encourage you to get your Bibles, something to take notes with, and be part of it. And for those of you following us on social media or pray.com, We'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us as well. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones. And Nathan, if you will open us up with a word of prayer, that would be fantastic. All right, let's do it. Lord, we bathe this conversation in prayer. We, Lord, want to know you better. We want to understand your word. We want all those tuned in to grow in the relationship with you. So, Lord, please bless our time together as we read Ezekiel chapter 32. And uh, reveal yourself to us, please. We thank you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning into our Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Our topic is that of Egypt's lament. So stay tuned for today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's exciting to have you on and us studying the book of Ezekiel together. Yeah, man. We are kind of trudging our way through the year 2023 chapter by chapter through the book of Ezekiel. But hey, you know, Ezekiel is one of the most prophetic books in the Bible. Of course, Ezekiel was a major prophet. You know, we got the minor prophets, but he was a major prophet because his writings were long, many 48 chapters here, and uh, many, many prophecies, uh, very crucial time. This is about 600 BC, and a lot of geopolitical changes going on, which we'll recap shortly, and a lot of prophecies that uh, point to the future that haven't happened yet. So a uh, very deep chapter, a very deep section of the Bible. So I'm so glad you all have tuned in and following us along with us. Uh, if you'd like to catch uh, previous episodes of The Truth Will Set You Free, it's the podcast outreach of Lamb and Lion Ministries. Just go to our website at christinprophecy.org. There you can find it under Watch Podcasts, and The Truth Will Set You Free is there. Uh, you can also find it on Spotify. You can find us on Pray.com, which I neglected to say last week, so I'm sorry about that to you, Pray.com folks. So glad you joined us. Uh, you can also catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and through our RSS feed. So uh, check us out if you want to catch up. I think it's well worth following along with us in the, the book of Ezekiel. If you're new to this, then we welcome you, and we're glad you could join us. Oh, Nathan, thank you so much for sharing all the wonderful information. People have no excuse to study Bible prophecy, okay? All the resources are there, right, Nate? <laughs> Absolutely. Nathan, and it's, it's, it's this, the, these passages, or actually the book of Ezekiel, it's fascinating because it covers so much amazing history, uh, so much things that we are uncovering about various nations and the background behind the nations. And it really is worth for individuals to dig in and study with us or even study it on their own and find out God's plan uh, through the ages and also through these prophets. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Lord wants us to know that he wins and that his children win with him. I mean, who wouldn't want to know about that, especially in this day and age? Brother, I've been running through a, we have a news feed on our website and uh, 
before we recorded, uh, I was going through some of the, the news listings here. And, you know, it's 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 pretty disappointing. I mean, uh, last month there was a massive brawl in Chicago's O'Hare Airport. I mean, the people are standing in line for their luggage and they're beating each other senseless. You know, we're, we're reading about how um, the people are searching Google uh, if to find out if they're gay. They, those searches have gone up 1,300% in the last 19 years. You know, people are gender confused, like there's no tomorrow. The Chinese military is threatening the world. They they had an operation about what it would be to the possibility of destroying the U.S. aircraft carrier fleet, which is supposed to be unstoppable. We got uh, ex-Google CEOs warning about AIs uh, taking over the world and, and harming humanity. We read about a girl in a, a boarding school, a school dorm, who, who burned the school down because they they confiscated her cell phone and resulted in 19 students dying. Uh, we read about how woke religions are is growing faster in the United States as Christianity declines. Uh, how Target has hired a Satanist to make gay pride clothing uh, for transgender children. I mean, brother, we live in messed up times, but Bible prophecy gives us that hope, gives us that assurance that all this nonsense will end. Jesus Christ will return. He will defeat evil. He will set up his kingdom of peace and righteousness and justice. And for those who are saved, we will dwell in that kingdom of peace and righteousness and justice. Brother, I look so forward to that time. Praise the Lord, Nathan. And that is so true. And that's why these programs that you and I get to do is to really offer people hope, to shift their focus from all the things that are happening in the world to the reality of what the Bible has to say is coming and is the wonderful things that await those that trust in God. So I'm so excited for uh, for the church, for what God is doing, and also for people that are whose hearts are open to the things of the Lord. And Nathan, speaking of which, you know, one of the things, too, is that as we look through the book of Ezekiel, we also see God's judgment on those that are against him, on those that are filled with pride, on those that are arrogant, and those that sort of mock at God. And we see also some of the kings uh, uh, in the past, in the present, that continue to do that, and what and what has happened to them. One of those examples we were looking at was the king of Egypt and his pride, and then the Bible also talking about his downfall. Nathan, in case someone missed our previous programs as we've been looking through Ezekiel and giving a little bit of the history of Egypt, are you be able to recap for them briefly uh, what we've been talking about, also the influence and the spirit behind uh, the, these kings? Well, we've been reading uh, as the, the last few chapters is that Israel is about 600 BC, remember, and that the Lord is using Babylon to destroy, or first Assyria to destroy the northern tribes in Israel. That happened in 722 BC. And then by 586 BC, the third exile has happened. And Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, is being used by God to, to chastise the Jewish people for their endless rebellion against him. I mean, they have picked up every wicked and evil practice of their neighbors. They even sacrificed their children to Molech. I mean, we read prophet after prophet come out and say how horrible this time period is, especially with the minor prophets wrote. I mean, it, these people gotten so evil. So the Lord is banishing the Jewish people, exiling them out of the land for 70 years so that he can bring a faithful remnant back to restore the land. Now, these other nations that surround Israel, they've been hostile to them for centuries, who rejoiced when Babylon destroyed him. Well, these prophecies the Lord gave Ezekiel is meant to encourage those Jews in exile 
that these evil nations around them are, will also be punished. We read about Tyre and Sidon and Lebanon, how the Lord brought judgment against them. We read about Moab and Ammon and Edom in, uh, in the east of the Jordan River, how the Lord brought punishment against them. And now we're at Egypt, one of the most ancient of nations, a world power in its time in, in chapters 30 and 31. We read how the Lord was going to destroy. He, he compares Pharaoh to breaking Pharaoh's arms. In other words, that Egypt will never have the world power that it, it will, status it once had. And it never did after this. Nebuchadnezzar came down. He you know, obliterated their army. He scattered the Egyptians to the wind, and many of them. Of course, you know, Egypt exists today, so they did come back. But for the most part, Egypt has never been a world power since then. And it's interesting, too, that some of the, the major religions of the world, like uh, Confucianism and Buddhism and all, started rising during this era. So it, it created major religious changes around the world, too. And so uh, what we're seeing here is the Lord judging these nations. But and, and if we were, you were here with us last week in chapter 31, the Lord was peeling behind the scenes and showing us that behind these human empires are satanic empires, satanic powers. And even to this day, we forget that even the empires of today there are satanic powers that work behind things. So the Lord is promising that he is going to destroy these evil satanic rulers who exist behind these evil satanic governments. Praise the Lord. Nathan, and I'm glad you share that because one of the things also that you and I have been sharing with, with uh, those that have been part of our program is to see also how these prophecies line up. Because prophetically speaking, it's talking about Egypt of the present. Then on some passages, it goes to Egypt of the future and then Egypt of the far future. And when we get to chapter 32, there are verses one through eight. We're going to see some some fascinating aspects of these verses having to do with present, past and future. Prophetically speaking, as it's going to interwine here, the lament of Egypt and King Pharaoh, but also it pushes us forward to some event that even might relate to the time of the tribulation in language and speech. So I want to invite you to get your Bibles and follow along with us as we look at Ezekiel chapter 32, beginning there on verse 1. Nathan, I'll take verses 1 through 4, and if you wouldn't mind taking verses 5 through 8 in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Let's read. So we notice it says Ezekiel chapter 32, verse 1, and it came to pass in the 12th year, in the 12th month of the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and say to him, you are like a young lion among the nations, and you are like the monster in the seas, bursting forth in your rivers, troubling the waters with your feet, and fouling their rivers. Thus says the Lord God, I will therefore spread my nets over you with a company of many people, and they will draw you up in my net. Then I will leave you on the land and I will cast you out on the open fields and cause you to settle on your own or uh, on your excuse me to settle on you all birds of the heavens and you, and you I will fill the beasts of the whole earth. Verse five, I will lay your flesh on the mountains and fill the valleys with your carcass. I will also water the land with the flow of your blood, even to the mountains under the riverbeds will be full of you. And when I have put out your light, I will cover the heavens. And make it stars dark. I will cover the sun with the cloud, and the moon shall not give her light. All the bright lights of the heavens I will make dark over you, and bring darkness upon your land, says the Lord God. 
Ooh, what a description, Nathan. When we look at this, just this verse uh, one through eight, all that's in here. Yeah, uh, the Lord has really got it in for, for Egypt. And you wonder why. Well, for one, Egypt was a very idolatrous. They, they didn't believe in Yahweh God. Even when God proved to them through the 10 plagues, the Egyptians didn't adopt Yahweh as God. They, they had the Israelites as slaves for 400 years. They continue to attack the Israelites throughout the, their, their time in the land. Uh, they were continually brought idolatry to Israel. Uh, Israel would uh, spiritually adulterate themselves by running to Egypt for help instead of to the Lord. And even to this day, I mean, we look at the um, uh, Yom Kippur War in 1973. Egypt tried to obliterate Israel. And God supercharged the Israeli defense forces, and, and they almost took over Egypt. So even to this day, Egypt continues to be a, a thorn in the side of Israel, and God doesn't like that, right? I mean, Genesis 12 tells us that the Lord blesses those who bless Israel and curses those who curse Israel. Egypt continually curses Israel, and so the Lord, even at this time period, is going to deal with Egypt sometime. And if we want to talk prophetically in the now— that will happen during the what's called the Psalm 83 war, where the Bible prophesies Asaph the seer said that Israel would subdue the hostile neighbors around uh, their borders, and that includes Egypt. So we're looking to one day for Israel to finally conquer the nations that continually attack them ever since they became a nation in 1948. Nathan, of course, we, we mentioned earlier that there's a lot of history in Egypt and all that. When you mention Egypt today, all people think about is the pyramids. <laughs> but mummies. this uh, right exactly <laughs> king tut the mummies but we see here that there's a lot of amazing history in egypt uh and again we starting to see uh, a, a rise in egypt even now but again the bible foretold that egypt will remain uh, a, a lament and there will not be a, a global power as they used to be they would not have the influence that egypt once had and, and again, all this is because pride, uh, they worshiped idols, they worshiped the rivers, they worshiped uh, all the things within the Euphrates River. And here God says in verse 13, also I will destroy all these animals from besides its great waters. The foot of many shall muddy them no more, uh, verse 13. And it just, it, it continues to bring references uh, to what they worship, verse 14, and I will make their waters clear and make the rivers run oil, says the Lord God. Uh, so Nathan, again, it, it's just a lament against this nation that used to be uh, such a superpower. And even when we pick it up in verse 17, it, it speaks of their further uh, degradation, if you will, and the further judgment that is going to come upon this people. Because verse 17, uh, uh, Nate, uh, excuse me, um, I apologize, uh, verse 9, uh, as we continue on, it gives further uh, details into what was behind the heart of Pharaoh and the king of Egypt. Absolutely. You know, you, you brought up that before we can do that, I want to make a point here that we were talking about the Egyptians worshiping many, many different gods. They did, didn't worship the one true God, Yahweh God. It's interesting when you, you go to the 10 plagues that the Lord brought upon Egypt so that the Jewish people would be free, the Hebrew people, they'd be brought out of the land. Like when the first plague, when the Lord turned the water uh, into blood, it was actually an attack on their god Hopi. Uh, the frogs coming out of the Nile was an attack on Heket. Lice from the earth's dust was the their god Geb. 
Swarms of flies was an attack on their god Kefri. Uh, the death of the cattle and livestock was against Hathor. The ashes turned to boils and sores was against Isis. Uh, hail in the form of fire was against their god Nut. Locusts sent from the sky was against her god Seth. And one of their, the greatest gods in Egypt, Ra, the three days of complete darkness was, was proving that Ra was powerless against Yahweh. And of course, death of the firstborn was, was against Pharaoh himself, where Pharaoh had elevated himself up to godhood. So in each of these plagues, the Lord shows himself mightier than all these fake gods. Now, are we reading the actual names of actual demons? I, I think we are, actually, because we, we just read in the previous chapter that demons, uh, the demonic world, is the power behind uh, evil human government. And this is what the Lord's attacking here. He's not just attacking the human government as Pharaoh being the representation of that, but he's also attacking the satanic uh, forces that's, that empower these evil empires. Nathan, and that's a very good point because we, we, we recognize again that there's spiritual ties behind a lot of things and people sometimes fail to recognize what's really happening politically behind the scenes. We notice Egypt here, they were a power, but they also declined. They were no longer a superpower, if you will. They still have some kind of influence throughout history, but they were not the power. We notice that's also what happened through England. They were a power uh, at one point and they declined. There's, England is still around, but not as a superpower. Next, we find the United States of America. We believe that this is, prophetically speaking, what's gonna happen to America. We are a superpower, but because of pride and, and a lot of things that are happening in America, we're slowly seeing that decline. We might not totally disappear, but we're not going to be a superpower. And I believe this is all leading to this world empires that the Bible talks about that are going to be this European power. And all these nations, including the U.S., are going to be lining up under the new European global empire. Egypt is that example that we're seeing here. And that's why the Bible is talking about its lament. So, Nathan, just fascinating uh, 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 information in these verses. Yeah, I mean, you bring up an excellent point. Uh, the, the world powers shift and change constantly. In Ezekiel's time, all the powers of the Middle East were rapidly changing. Assyria was, was falling. Babylon was rising. Babylon would only be a power for, I think, was it 90 years before then the Medo-Persian Empire came in and took them over? And so, yeah, we can't look at uh, the United States, which has certainly been blessed, I think, because we are based on Judeo-Christian values. Uh, we've sent missionaries to the world. We've been a force of good, but, you know, like we've been seeing around us, uh, we've been abandoning God in, in huge percentages. Wokeism is becoming the new religion, and what an empty religion that is. And so we will be under the punishment of, of the God because of that. You're right. I don't think we'll be wiped out as, like, like America won't exist anymore. But I think you're right. We'll fade away into obscurity, very much like the British Empire or the Portuguese Empire or the Venetians. Remember when the Venetians were a world power? You know, and that's because of our pride. And you can see it throughout history. Whenever mankind elevated themselves, didn't humble themselves and, and started even their leaders looking to themselves as in, in godhood or in messianic visions, uh, that's when the Lord would step in. Today, we look at Russia, who's, which is rising in power again, China rising in power. What do both Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin believe? They both believe that they are messages of God or of God themselves. They don't see themselves as presidents anymore. Xi Jinping puts his picture in the state churches for people to worship him. Vladimir Putin 
openly tells people that he's a messenger from God to to vindicate and end Ukrainian orthodoxy and bring it back into the Russian Orthodox Church. Uh, and we read prophetically how the Lord is going to lay low Russia during when we get to chapters 38 and 39. We're going to read about the destruction of Russia. Uh, but we also read that the destruction of China during Armageddon. So, yeah, world powers don't last because it, it's all leading up to one kingdom that's coming, the kingdom of Christ. And when Jesus Christ rules and reigns, the Bible is replete with verses that promise his kingdom will last forever. Mm. And Nathan, of course, uh, that is just uh, amazing, especially as we look at verse nine and on, because I think there's a personal message for people here that if yes. they're not careful, if their eyes is not focused where they need to be, they're going to be troubled at heart. There's going to be challenges coming. Again, for those of you that just tuned into the program, you tuned into our Truth to Set Your Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're looking at Ezekiel chapter 32 with a message titled Egypt's Lament. And as we continue, Nathan, I just noticed verse 9 uh, is an important verse, and I think it brings about something that individuals need to pay attention to. Nathan, would you be able to pick it up for us there and read for us verses? Um, 9 through 12, and then I'll take verses 13 through 16, in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Sure. Uh, verse 9, I will also trouble the hearts of many peoples when I bring your destruction among the nations into the countries which you have not known. Yes, I will make many peoples astonished at you, and their kings shall be horribly afraid of you when I brandish my sword before them. And they shall tremble every moment, every man for his own life in the day of your fall. For thus says the Lord God, the sword of the king of Babylon, shall come upon you by the swords of the mighty warriors, all of them the most terrible of the nations, I will cause your multitude to fall. They shall plunder the pomp of Egypt, and all its multitude shall be destroyed. Mm, and notice, also I will destroy all of its animals from the, besides its great waters, the foot of man shall muddy them no more, nor shall the hooves of animals muddy them. Then I will make the waters clear and make the rivers run like oil, says the Lord. When I make the land of Egypt desolate and the country is destitute of all the ones filled it. When I strike all who dwell in it, then they shall know that I am the Lord. Verse 16, this is the lamentation which they shall lament her. The daughters of the nation shall lament her. They shall lament for her, for Egypt and for all her multitude, says the Lord God. Quite a lamentation that we notice, right, Nathan? <laughs> And, you know, folks, a lamentation, the lament is a, a song of sorrow. We even have a whole book of lamentations. At the same time that Ezekiel's writing these prophecies, the prophet Jeremiah, who was also a prophet to Jerusalem and Judah during its fall, wrote a book of lamentations about the destruction of Jerusalem, how the Lord used the hand of, of Nebuchadnezzar to destroy them, just as he is destroying all these other nations throughout the Middle East. And they're lamenting, they're wailing, and they're writing songs and poetry. And this is one of them. But this is one that the Lord's saying. It's, it's, it's a lament, but, you know, it's also a threat. It's a promise of the Lord that, hey, you know, for thousands of years, Egypt, you have been evil and you have caused so much trouble for my people and you're going down. <laughs> that's, that's basically the gist of this chapter. Egypt, you're going down. Nathan, and, and of course, that's why I think we need to look at history and learn from history as a nation, as a people, as a believers. Uh, we are supposed to put our trust in God, not in man, not in a nation, not in our, our power or not in our might. I believe that those people that do are going to be quite shocked when everything starts to fall down and crumble. 
and fall apart. And verse nine says, I will also trouble the hearts of many people, especially Nathan, as we look at the signs of the end times, the Bible says the people's hearts will melt and people will fall down having heart attack when they see what's coming to this earth. And of course, I believe we won't be here. We're going to be raptured out. We will be gone. But those that are left behind, especially in the terrible time of the tribulation, they're going to see things that will totally shock them when they see these nations crumbling all around them. Yeah, this passage is a fantastic reminder that even if you think that you're safe, you're in a world power, you know, you have food and sustenance, that that we can just turn on God. Uh, we can not only ignore him, but openly rebel against him. Oh, man, June. I just I dread when June comes down because you're endlessly assailed by evil. I mean, it used to be the, the month of weddings and love, and now it's the month of perversion and pride, two things that the Lord hates. And we're seeing this just spread all over the world. I saw a commercial from India where it's about a, a Starbucks commercial where a, a father and mother have to accept the fact that their son is now a woman. And, uh, you know, it's all about uh, accepting transgenderism in India, India of all places. And so we're seeing it. It's not just a Western thing. It's a world problem. And the Lord isn't going to let the world become Sodom and Gomorrah again without dealing with it. When when humanity reaches a certain stage of evil, as Roman 1 teaches, when it's utterly depraved, it's it's so worthless, so evil, it causes so much harm, especially to the children, that the Lord steps in. Brother, I think as a world system, we are, are reaching that. Now, it's going to be far worse after the church is raptured out of here, the Holy Spirit's restraining influence is removed, and the world will plunge into the an age so dark will make the dark ages look like a Sunday picnic. It's going to be so evil, and it'll be as like the, the worst inclinations of every human heart, the Bible says, just like the days of Noah and Lot. And so the world will get continually more evil, but that's when the Lord steps in and defeats that kind of evil and sets up his kingdom. And so it, it gives us hope. We know this this evil world system can't keep going like it is. The Lord won't let it keep going. Nathan, and I think, again, and hopefully uh, those that are tuned into this program will, will continue to pray for our nation, yes. continue to pray for the people that make decisions, continue to pray for the church. Uh, there's a lot of confusion uh, these days, Nathan, and people just don't recognize that uh, it, it's just a ploy of the enemy, signs of the times that we're going to need discernment today like never before to really see what's going on what we're putting our faith and our trust in, our hope, our future. And if it's not in our relationship with Jesus Christ, just like Egypt, it's all going to crumble and people are going to be shocked when everything is gone. So our, our plea to you is to come to Christ while there's still time, that your eyes should be fixed on him. He's coming back soon. He loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And Nathan, as you and I always close our programs. We always reach out to people and plead with them and give them an opportunity to come to Christ. Would you be able to do that, Nathan? Maybe there's someone out there who is crying out and they want help. Maybe they feel like they're drowning and what they need is Jesus. Would you be able to share with them how they can grab hold of the lifesaver? Right. Well, we can see that clearly as the nations, we can't govern ourselves and our own lives, we, we can't control them. Our, our lives are a mess. And uh, we got to come to the point where we realize that it's time to surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, to stop rebelling, to stop running, because you only gain life when you surrender control of your life. 
Jesus Christ is the source of life. And when we return to him in repentance and faith and then respond to his gift of salvation, then we can be forgiven of our sins and forgiven of our rebellion and become children of God and then actually gain life. Remember, God is the source of life. His son, Jesus, is life. He's, he's the light of the world. So if you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus, you feel the tug of the Lord's spirit and you calling him out to be a child of God, then pray from your heart. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've been in rebellion against you. Please forgive me of my sins. I want you to be the Savior and Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Your sins will be forgiven and the guilt will be washed away. And now you will inherit eternal life with him forever. And you will become a citizen of the kingdom of Christ. Praise the Lord, Nathan. What a sigh of relief. Listen, if you pray that prayer for the first time, Nathan and I, we sigh with you because now you have the breath of God that has been breathed in you. You have eternal life and that's what awaits you. No more judgment. So we celebrate and we welcome you uh, uh, again to the family of God. We want to give you a Bible and a Bible study guide. If you reach out to us, 305-992-9537, you can call or text us or just simply go to lamblion.com. And again, we just want to rejoice with you or hear from you. Let us know that you accept the Christ. Find a good Bible teaching church and get excited about what God has now for your future. Nathan, thank you so much for sharing and throwing out the lifesaver to that individual who responded. Well, God bless you all. Yeah, praise God. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye, but the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. We hope you have a fantastic week. The Lord is coming back soon, so keep your eyes on him. <laughs>